Coming to you via the internet and your friends at PipesMagazine.com, it's the Pipes Magazine radio show. If IPSD wants to be a real holiday, well, it should have a parade, Hallmark cards, and one of those cute little songs. Now, I invite you to sit back, relax, the smoking lamp is lit. Here's your host, Brian Levine. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Yes, the sometimes irreverent, sometimes educational, but always entertaining weekly pipe smoking broadcast. And I'm your host, Brian Levine. It is the week of International Pipe Smoking Day of uh, 2020. And on this week's show, uh, no pipe parts because my guest is Ted Swearingen. And like we've done in the past, we did a jumbo long visit with Ted. Uh, and Ted's probably a name that uh, many of you don't know, but uh, you'll get to know him. Uh, we'll have music, mailbag, and rant, all that coming up on this week's show. And remember, you must be of legal smoking age wherever you are in order to enjoy this fine show. So if you're not, well, sorry, go ahead, turn it off now. Click. Okay. Um I hope you all get a chance to uh, hang out with uh, friends or maybe uh, online with friends for International Pipe Smoking Day. Uh, this past week, I got together with my uh, local pipe club. So remember, if you live with, uh, within the Charlotte, North Carolina area and want to join us, we meet on the uh, third Sunday of most months. Uh, just let me know. I'll be happy to get you the information. You can email me or a friend request me or do all that stuff. Um, maybe uh, you have a, a special purchase in mind for International Pipe Smoking Day. Um, either way, I did open up on uh, this past weekend. I opened up a uh, can of uh, some vintage tobacco that I've been saving, and I took it to the pipe club, and that was kind of my uh, my little special thing for international pipe smoking day and now you know what here it is and i get to smoke the rest of it myself so uh <laughs> just keep in mind don't save that stuff for too long for those special moments because hanging out with a pipe club well that's special enough all right let's get the show rolling so everybody sit back relax fire up a bowl thank you all for tuning in and here we go There's nothing quite like fishing at dawn or smoking my genuine Missouri Meerschaum corncob pipe, an American legend since 1869. It's the coolest, smoothest pipe I've ever owned. Check them out at corncobpipe.com. Hi, Colin from GQ Tobaccos here. We're an old-fashioned tobacconist with one of the largest selections of pipes in the UK. We have everything from the big brand factory names to the one-of-a-kind handmade artisan masterpiece. On GQTobaccos.com, you'll find pipes from Dunhill, Costello, Salmonelli, and Stanwell, just to name a few of the 60 brands that we carry. We also have pipes from Mastra Granfelder, Peter Jefferson, and other artisans. If you'd like to complete your collection with a clay pipe or a Meerschaum, we have those too. We are mail order specialists and send pipes all over the world, and anything outside of Europe is tax free. Come check us out at GQTobaccos.com. Cheers. We are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, and as I mentioned, another uh, a special episode for International Pipe Smoking Day uh, 2020, and I, I'm trying to remember if this is like the 11th or 12th International Pipe Smoking Day, but 
Anyway, uh, joining us is somebody that I'm familiar with, but I bet not a lot of you are familiar with because Ted Swearingen from Laudisi, SmokingPipes.com, Cornell and Deal, Peterson is not a name that a lot of you know because he's kind of the guy. Ted, is it fair to say that you're the guy behind the scenes that makes everything really happen? That gives me a lot of credit, but I am definitely more comfortable behind the scenes than I am, uh, you know, in front of the scene. I'm not a spotlight guy at all. So, Ted Swearingen, welcome to the Pipes Magazine radio show. Well, thank you for having me. All right. Uh, what exactly is your official title at LaDC? My official title is Chief Operating Officer. So there's one there's one person above you that you report to, and that's Sykes, and everybody else is either equal or below you, right? Uh, technically speaking, yes, hierarchically. Yeah. <laughs> and we won't get into all that details. Um, let, let's go back and, and get your superhero origin story, and I think I know most of it, but you, like I, grew up in California, and uh, growing up in California, California, what did you want to do when you grew up? I wanted to be an artist or an art director. Uh, yeah, that's that's what I wanted to do. And was some of that inspired from your from your dad? Certainly, certainly. So as as you well know, Brian, my dad is a super Disney fan. Um, yeah. I, I thought he was the superest Disney fan until I, I met you. Um, and uh, as as you know too. There are many different flavors of Disney fans. Yeah. And he, he was, um, you know, he liked the the amusement parks, and he really liked all of the, the animation. So I grew up watching a lot of animated features, Disney and, and not Disney, and a lot of cartoons. And I started drawing at a, a really young age, and I got a lot of encouragement and support from my family to draw and paint and and pursue the arts um i was really fortunate in in that regard um so yeah i'd say it's fair to say um i got a lot of a lot of pushing from my father in a good way and that i mean that you know where you the the area of california that you grew up in is not exactly a hotbed of the arts it's more you know more central valley farming community but Still being in California, there's enough art influence around to for you to for you to see a bunch of stuff and then get inspired and and still have your parents push you. Yeah, and Central Valley, California is is not barren. I mean, it certainly doesn't have the the reputation of you know Southern California, Los Angeles area, New York, um, uh, but I haven't lived in the central valley of california in a long time and uh in hindsight it, it, it was it's not that barren um yeah. but yeah uh there isn't a, a whole lot of uh, like a, a big arts culture in, in stockton or, or the central valley now when did you start smoking a pipe i first tried a pipe in college uh, but i didn't get serious about smoking a pipe until uh, 2007 or 2008 um there's a, a tobacconist um a few 
doors down from where I worked and I started, I don't know what compelled me to, to try it again, really. And I started going in there and, and asking a lot of questions and talking and I, uh, bought my, my first like good pipe there. I was a, a Peterson, uh, Aaron, um, uh, it was a pot or a billiard. I don't remember. Um, and I don't know. I just appreciated the, I was a, I was a cigarette smoker. Um, and so, you know, I appreciated the, the, the little buzz. I appreciated the flavor. I was getting a whole new range of flavors. I like the, the art of, of putting the pipe together and, I'm kind of OCD, so maintaining the pipe, cleaning the pipe, breaking it down, putting it together, uh, keeping it clean and polished, it just appealed to me. Um, but yeah, so I, I started, you know, taking it more seriously, and then I found love with this whole online world, and I, I found smoking pipes, and and that's that's how that all started. Do you do you think the pipe kind of went in went along with your interest in poetry? Yeah, I mean, I think that for a lot of of young men, which you know, I, I think I still was at the time, technically, um, a, a, a smoking a pipe is 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 many things or, or can be many things. But uh, I, I think it's also, uh, especially when you don't know anything about pipe smoking or a, a pipe smoking as a hobby or a, a culture, it can be kind of an affectation um, having a pipe. Uh, you know, I was also growing a beard for the first time and, uh, you know, wearing a fedora for the first time and, um, reading Tolkien in a way that I hadn't at that time. And I, and I think a lot of that sort of goes hand in hand, um, just leaning towards something old and established, uh, leaning away from the, the new a little bit. And I, and I think, yeah, my interest in, in poetry and photography and, and the arts just generally and all sort of went hand in hand, probably. So I, uh, so from, from just talking to you, it sounds like you're just, you know, you're more interested in the things that you can really get more into and more, you know, and that you're able to personalize because, you know, photography, you can, yeah, you know, yeah, everybody can point and shoot and snap a picture of somebody, but when you really start getting into it, there's a lot of customization to it. Uh, mm -hmm. Same thing with art. And, you know, my, my personal realization of art has really peaked in the past year or so of just understanding and seeing the masterpieces of the, you know, especially of Van Gogh and understanding the depth of them. So it's kind of like the same thing for pipe smoking. You can really dive into it, personalize it, and you know, fine tune it yourself. I, I agree. I I think that pipe smoking is a, is a form of art. It is a is a craft a, a craft work. Um, it's not something you can learn to do on the internet. It's something you have to to do for yourself and practice and, and learn. And I think everyone smokes a pipe differently. Um, you know, we like share lit pipes around the office sometimes because, <laughs> you know, Shane might be smoking something that's really good. And he wants me to try it. I'll take his pipe and um, his pipe smokes differently. His like 
you know, he's mid bowl and he's getting flavors from it because of the way he's smoking it. And, um, but yeah, so I, I mean, I think that, that pipe smoking is a, is a, is an art form. And, and I, I hear what you're saying about, you know, approaching art. I think, um, you mentioned, you know, you said something, you said something about photography and, and customization and, and how like deep it goes right and and so like when you're looking at a van gogh for the first time you have like no context you don't know anything about the artist you don't know anything about what inspired the work and uh you don't have you have no tools to access it yeah. and so the it, the meaning that you can derive from it, ha, it, it there there is it's it's diminished or it has less potential but when you have the, the tools to access the work, then the potential for the meaning that you can derive from it, uh, I think is uh, much greater. And I think in that way, yeah, it's uh, pipe smoking and art are similar. Um, when you pick up a Dr. Grillo and, you know, couch of Captain Black and no one's ever showed you how to smoke it and you stuff it in there and you may not have a great time and, I can understand why a lot of people don't find that to be a very enjoyable experience. But once you learn either by talking to other pipe smokers or reading about it on the internet or just by trial and error, um, you're going to develop the tools that you need to access that experience and it should be more rewarding. It's, it's the next level. It's really being able to, to get into and, and go through that next level of whatever it is you're into. Yeah. Yeah. Ted, we're going to take a break right here. When we come back, we'll have uh, more with Ted and we'll even talk about him. <laughs> a California, a California kid moving to the low country of South Carolina. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. This is internet radio. Have a look in your tobacco cellar. What do you see? Think of what you smoke, what you age, what you're drawn to in a blend that keeps you wanting more. That's your taste, and whether you know it or not, you've been leading that expedition since you first picked up a pipe, just by smoking what you like and liking what you smoke. But the funny thing about taste, it changes, and you need a wide selection to accommodate it. We at Smoking Pipes know this, and you know it too. So whether you're searching for a tried and true favorite or a singular boutique mixture, we're here to help you navigate the voyage of your evolving tastes. But you're still at the helm, smoking pipes in faithful service of the hobby. And we are back on a uh, jumbo uh, guest visit interviews of, for International Pipe Smoking Day with Ted Swearingen, Chief Operating Officer, and uh, really, you know, the, the behind-the-scenes muckety-muck of uh, Laudisi Enterprises, which we'll get into what all that includes. But uh, so I, I'm, I'm not sure I've told this story before, but uh, the you you were in california in 2010 and getting into pipes more and more you were a customer of smokingpipes.com and then you just decided to you know what there's a 
there's a submit your resume here thing, and you did that, right? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What were you thinking? <laughs> I was thinking that, you know, I was humoring my wife. Uh, she was ready to try something different. She was ready to move Cal- move away from California if, if need be. She was looking for, for change, and I guess I was open to it, too. So, um, you know, I sat down and did the whole resume thing and cover letter. I was excited about it because it was something that I was excited about, the, the idea of going all the way with this thing that, you know, I was really passionate about, really interested in, and wanted to know more about. And I thought that the only way to really do that would be to, to work for smoking pipes. Um, so, I mean, these are the things that were going through my head and I wrote a, a you know, cover letter and resume and sent it off to this, you know, retailer I had done a little business with. And, uh, yeah, I, I didn't really think about it much after that. I think Shelly, um, asked me a couple of times, like, have you heard anything? Have you heard anything? And like, no, I probably won't like, you know, don't get your hopes up or anything. And then, uh, then you called me. Yeah, and I'll and I'll tell I'll tell the story of why your of how your resume jumped out because my dad is an art is a music hippie, uh, much older than you are. In fact, he's older than I am, which makes him my father. Uh, but he went to this hippie art music school in Southern California that was founded by the Disney family called California Institute of the Arts. And it's kind of the West Coast version of Juilliard or yeah, it, it's fairly highfalutin. It's a well-respected art school. Uh, he went there in the early 70s. And then here I see this resume of this kid who studied poetry at Cal Arts come across my desk. So... Uh, so still to this day, my dad will ask me every once in a while if I talk to the Cal Arts kid. Uh, <laughs> so, so then you, then you, we, you know, you come out to South Carolina. Just real quickly, any any real shocking differences between the Central Valley of California and living in the Low Country of South Carolina? Um, <laughs> besides the humidity. Uh, well, yeah, there are, uh, there are a lot of differences, um, <laughs> and you know, some good, some bad. Um, I, I think I've been here so long though. Um, like when I go back home, I, I recognize or see how green South Carolina is and how pretty South Carolina is. Um, I have a couple of years ago, I, I went back home um, you know, flew into Sacramento and I did that, that drive down I five, uh, to Stockton and it's, you know, some just farm and, and, and flat and Brown, my, you know, Brown. And I remember thinking like, gosh, this is kind of ugly. And, and, <laughs> and yeah, I mean, the South is, is, is really pretty. Uh, and you get used to the humidity, um, but I, I try to keep things in, in perspective. I mean, I don't think uh, I have, you know, I can speak to California or to South Carolina. I can speak to the San Joaquin, you know, Valley and particularly Stockton and, and Ori County and other parts of South Carolina. And the differences I, I see 
there. Um, I think it would be unfair for me to draw broader parallels than, <laughs> than, than that. It, it to me the the big thing is i i notice when i go back to california is how easy it is to see for 20 or 30 miles mm-hmm. and in the distance sometimes there's a big mountain where here you got to be up on top of that mountain to see for 20 or 30 miles and and even then it might just be a little four or five hundred foot bump <laughs> bump of a hill yeah. uh, you know uh when um so one thing that I think is, is really different and, and really cool, and, and maybe this is, is, is sort of more broad. Um, I remember when I came out here for my interview, and it was, uh, let's see, it had to have been July. And, um, you know, it was it was warm and muggy and humid, and I was wearing a suit. And um, that night at the hotel, there were lightning storms and thunderstorms. And... Like I'm sure I experienced that back home, but not quite like that. <laughs> and yeah. um, move, moving out here and and the weather out here, uh, like in California, generally it rains in the winter when it's cold, and not a whole lot. And that's just something I think as a Californian I took for granted, you know, and. and always in a state of drought and just doesn't rain that much. And when it does, it's it's cold and and it does it for days at a time here it'll be sunny and gorgeous and beautiful and a crazy storm will blow through for you know in a, in a day and just flip the weather upside down and uh that's kind of neat yeah and, and sitting on the front porch watching those thunderstorms with your pipe is is really kind of cool yeah yeah um smoking outdoors smoking in in, in south carolina just generally is a lot more fun than smoking in california i think just because it is a little less restrictive here and i'm spoiled at the office i mean i get to smoke a pipe all day long here in, in in my office so so when you when you got to south carolina um your your you had a pipe collection at that point do you remember when you got to South Carolina? Because that, that would have been at the first point when you might have seen some of these really high-grade pipes and touched mm-hmm. some of them in, in person. Do you remember a pipe or two that just really stood out to you? Yeah. Um, so I don't know if you remember this, but the night my wife and I arrived to South Carolina to you know, Horry County to, to this area. Um, you know, we were like four or five days in the car and we were just ready to, to do something. So we, we met you at the, uh, at the store, uh, that night and you took me upstairs that night and you showed me a, uh, very, uh, expensive, very beautiful, uh, pipe made by Tokotomi of, um, ivory. The, the whole thing was made of yeah. ivory. Um, except for the mouthpiece, obviously, but I had never seen anything like that. Never dreamed of anything like that. Never thought a pipe could cost, you know, that much money. <laughs> um, and, uh, that's probably why you, you put it in my hands, but that sticks out. That sticks out. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, there, there was that, uh, there was a lot of aha moments early on. Um, what were, you know, in, in general at that point, what were you, what kind of pipes were you smoking? 
Uh, I was smoking a lot of uh, factory-made pipes. Um, I had a lot of Petersons at that time. Um, and have some off-brand stuff. And I really didn't think a whole lot about artisan pipes or, or high-grade pipes or uh, until I arrived here and started doing this work. Uh, it was opened up to me here. And again, back to the having access to information that allowed me to approach the hobby uh, or the craft of, of pipe smoking and, and pipe making in a way that I, I just I, I don't know that I could have or, or would have on my own. Um, so my, my collection, yeah, was a lot of Petersons and, you know, uh, maybe a Savinelli, uh, uh, a Nordian or something uh, in Europe. Um, and uh, I, then I, yeah, then I, I, I got bit by the, the bug and I started exploring, you know, buying um, different pipes, different shapes, bamboo, different finishes, silver, boxwood, uh, different countries, expensive pipes, less expensive pipes, just, you know, reverse tenon, old estates, just <laughs> trying to learn as much as I could. You, you trained me how to do estate evaluations. Um, and so like just pouring over old English pipes, uh, learning about what makes a Sassini a Sassini uh, and not a Barling and what makes a barley and a barley and not a Dunhill, um, and you know, taking what was interesting there to my next pipe purchase, and you know, letting what was interesting about those things inform my next pipe purchase. Um, you know, that was an opportunity that I was afforded here, and uh, that was a lot of fun and really, really, you know, useful education. We're going to take another break right here. When we come back, I'm going to ask Ted if he was more of a pipe guy or more of a tobacco guy. So stay with us. We'll be back in just a minute. Being at the forefront of craft tobacco production for over 20 years, we've been involved in some rather interesting projects at Cornell and Deal. From the Cellar Series to the Small Batch Project, we're extremely proud of how far we've come. So moving forward, we wanted to take it back to basics, and that's what the Burley Flake Series is all about. Burley is an underrated varietal, but there is a ton of nuance there. Using various condimental tobaccos to accentuate different aspects of the air-cured leaf, each blend in this series is intended to showcase different individual subtleties inherent to Burley. It's a simple concept one that I think really speaks to the essence of what we do at C&D as a crew of folks who just love tobacco. It's also really good. Cornell and Deal's Burley Flakes series, wherever fine tobaccos are sold. And we are back on the Pipes Magazine radio show, visiting with Ted Swearingen of SmokingPipes.com, LaDisi Enterprises, Savinelli, Cornell and Deal, Peterson. You guys are taking over the world. Um, it's part of the global empire to conquer. You might be the you might be the uh, the the you, know, you might be a Sith Lord for all I know. Mm. Um, mm. 
All right. So when you when you got to when you first got to smoking pipes, would you have considered yourself more interested in the pipe or interested in the tobacco that you were smoking? That's hard because um, I didn't think in those terms then, um, and I and I get that now. Uh, it's funny. I was interviewing a guy yesterday, a lot like me, uh, ten years ago, who was. You know, doing this for a few years, and he didn't. You know, he was a college, he's a college student, so he didn't have a lot of disposable income. And I could tell that he wasn't really exploring pipes; he was exploring pipe tobacco, which makes sense because it's less expensive. Yeah. Um, and so I was thinking, like, I wanted to ask him, "Are you more of a pipe guy or more of a, a pipe tobacco guy?" Um, way back when, I, I I don't think I could think in those terms. So to answer your question would just be false hindsight (laughs) but i was probably i mean i was probably more a pipe tobacco guy and i am certainly more a pipe tobacco guy now um but it doesn't mean that i you know think i have a super palate or try a lot of different things i don't explore very much anymore i um, just in, enjoy smoking a pipe and smoke what I like. So you've kind of uh, it now. Ten years later, it is much different for you because of the time in the industry and the time of working with all these pipes and having all these tobaccos around. I mean, yeah, what? There's probably if you if you go to the store, there's a couple hundred tobaccos open that you can smoke mm-hmm. at any time if you want to try it. So you do get. Yeah, you get jaded, and you and there's times when you just want to. I I would assume there are times for you where you, you don't want to have to work at a pipe or really taste test stuff. You just want to pick up a pipe and smoke your favorite and enjoy it. Yeah, yeah, um, that's that's where I'm at, and I think it's where I always wanted to be. And I I don't know that I could have got here um, like on purpose, but it's a it's a nice place to be. Um, I smoke a couple different blends uh, a couple different times a day in a pipe I have at the office and a pipe that I have at home. And um, it's just a, a thing that I do um, and a thing that I enjoy and a thing that I like talking about with those who also like talking about. Um, but it is not an extreme focus of mine. I mean, my work is an extreme focus of mine and my work has a lot to do with pipes and pipe tobacco. But as far as, you know, how I smoke. I mean, like when the kids are down and it's like eight o'clock and, and I'm you know, by myself or with my wife, I'll, you know, I get a pipe out and pack it and smoke it and enjoy it and don't talk a whole lot and just sit there and do it. And, yeah. um, that's probably like more like, uh, you know, how my granddad smoked. And, uh, I like that. How many pipes do you own now? Um, probably a couple dozen and and are you constantly adding to that or swapping them out or you know trading them in and buying new ones or or is it a fairly static at this point it's it's pretty static and it's been pretty static for a, a little while um i mean i bought um last pipe I bought was a, a Peterson short when uh, when when that line came out because I thought they were really cool and I wanted uh, to keep a pipe in my bag 
because uh, I was like tired of not having a, a pipe in my in my bag. Um, but I don't, I, you know, I, I see new pipes. I see uh, you know fresh work from from the greats, and I admire it and want to smoke it. But um, I don't I don't know. I'm not I'm not really collecting pipes right now. I'm just enjoying what I have and, and making use of it. So, and I never wanted like a huge collection of, of pipes. I, you know, years ago I was, you know, wanted something from every country or my favorite pipe makers. I want, you know, one <laughs> yeah. of each. Or, um, I definitely have my, um, my uh, quirks. Like uh, I don't like blasted pipes or rusticated pipes i love the way they look i don't think they smoke any differently but for, for some reason uh all my pipes are smoke pipes um except for uh tokotomi blowfish uh that i have and everything else is, is a smooth pipe because i like i don't know i like the color i like a, a brown and i like to keep them polished i like to clean them and i like the way they look cleaned up um it goes back to your OCDs with the with pipe maintenance. A, a smooth pipe is easier to keep clean and shiny. Oh, yeah, that's true. Yeah, yeah. therapy by Brian, free, no <laughs> no charge, cheaper than uh, than Lucy because she charged five cents. Uh, oh, yeah, that's true. But it, it, you know, at the same time, you've also got you have two kids now, and mm-hmm. you know you and, and your your primary job is to sell pipes. So, you know, for you having a, you know, having a pipe collection or a bigger pipe collection means that, you know, no food for the kids and, you know, no pipes for the customers. So you need both That's of those, right? Too. That's true too. I mean, yeah, it's, it's, it's uh, cool to be at a place where we get uh, something really special and I, you know, I, I really want someone else to have it. Um, there was a, a uh, a Jay Allen pipe that, that came in a, a little while ago and, you know, I, I really wanted it. Um, it was a, a, a smooth Dublin, I think. Um, and I don't know. I mean, I thought about it and I, I, I have access to, to just a lot of things here. And, and I think I'm a little spoiled and, you know, the fun thing about what I get to do here is, and the, the neat thing about my, my job specifically is I feel like I'm a facilitator, a, a um, you know, a facilitator of the hobby. I'm a facilitator of, of work here and I'm a facilitator of, of the hobby and, you know, trying to get the word out and uh, promote brands and promote products. And um, I think at this point, like I get a lot of sat- satisfaction from smoking my pipes, but I get, uh, more satisfaction from getting the right pipe to the right person than I do acquiring for myself a new pipe. Yeah. Yeah. No, it, it, uh, listen, I can remember from my years where it is really cool when you, when you get a chance to introduce a new pipe or, you know, maybe a new favorite pipe or a new favorite tobacco blend to a consumer and the impact that it has on their life going forward is just, yeah, it's really cool to sit back and remember. Yeah, I was re- I was really excited about like Sunbear, for instance, um, the CD small batch blend we did in July. Yeah. Uh, 
uh, last year, which we're, we're going to do again. We were talking about how like so how it's so tough to do something fun and new that time of year. Um, you know, pipe smoking in July is uh, less attractive, I think, to a lot of people than pipe smoking around Christmas. And so, you know, we developed some bear, and that was really fun, and that was really exciting, the, the process of developing um, the art and um, the message and the, the story and, you know, just getting it out there. And I smoked a few bowls of it, and I, I bought a tin, but I didn't, you know, stock up and keep it, go deep in my cellar so that I could try it in 15 years or whatever. Because <laughs> I've, I've just, I've got, I'm, I'm happy. I've got enough. I'm, I'm, I'm good. Like, you know, it was a limited run. Anything that I bought is, is something that like someone else doesn't get to get to have. And uh, yeah, well, it's better that way. I'm sitting here on the outside now, and I'm happy to say that when the Carolina Red Flake came out a year a year ago, not this not the last release, but the release before that, you know, I was able to jump on 25 tins of it and go, okay, well, I'll smoke one now and smoke one each year for a while, and I don't have to feel guilty about it because, you know, you can't. If you jumped all over it and some customers missed out on it, <laughs> Then, then you got to. Then you have to deal with that guilt late at night. That's right. Yeah. Um, let's go around the company and maybe you can give us an idea of what's going on. I guess, and the and the newest part of it is the uh, the acquisition of the Peterson Pipe brand and factory, and now you've had it for what almost a year. Uh, let's. I, it's more than that. More. Wow. Yeah, uh, Josh has been over there for more than a year. I think we're coming up on on two actually. This this coming July will be two years that, that Josh has been over there. So I think all told, like two and a half. It's it's hard for me because I remember when we first started having conversations about it, which was <laughs> much earlier than the acquisition and announcement itself. So I get fuzzy on the timeline a little bit. But <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, it's 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 been a minute. And uh, anything new coming up from Peterson? Yeah. Um, so pretty soon here we're going to be uh, bringing into the system line uh, system standards smooth dark, um, which is which is pretty exciting. It's a, a great looking finish. Um, so that'll be happening, and we're talking about uh, an Independence Day pipe this year. <laughs> uh, we're working on in the background. Um, you know, of course, uh, pipe of the year coming up. Um, I know what the shape is. I'm not sure I should say, but it's Sherlocky and kind of exciting. <laughs> I think a lot of collectors are going to be excited about that. Um, you know, we'll have Christmas pipe, and um, you know, we're we're really proud of uh, what we're doing with uh, sandblasting now that we are, are doing our, ourselves um, in, a, in a really neat way. Um, so you'll see more uh, sandblasted offerings this this year. Uh, we'll bring uh, into the deluxe line um, a system blast as well as a, a smooth dark. Um, that's all on the horizon. And what's going on at Cornell and Deal? Besides just making tobacco constantly, which has got to be a 
well, now they're in a separate building from you, so you can't just run back there and try whatever. So. Yeah, I uh, make a point to get down there at least once a week, um, sometimes more. Uh, and uh, I get to try new stuff, um, you know, the stuff in, in, in development, um, um, you know, obviously stuff that hasn't been made in a little while that we've always been making. I don't want to imply something that's not true. Absolutely. Uh, um, but yeah, there's, there's some, there's some cool stuff that we're going to do at, at CND this year that I think is going to be really exciting. Uh, something actually pretty soon here. Um, I'm looking at, I think March, March is going to be kind of exciting for Cornell and Hill um, and small batchy kind of excitement. Um, so I think that's all I will say on that. <laughs> oh, come on. I'll wait. No, I'm, I'm kidding. Um, this is uh, the Tuesday before International Pipe Smoking Day. And so that's two days away as this comes out. Uh, what's uh, smokingpipes.com got planned for International Pipe Smoking Day? So we're going to start it a little early, and we're going to let it go a little late. We try to be sensitive to you know people living in different parts of the world or uh, who can't necessarily take advantage of you know the things that we're trying to, to show or promote on, on that day itself. Uh, this year, we're going to do 10% off of pipe tobacco and 15% off everything else on the website. Ooh. And the, and how, you know, I, I haven't even asked about this, but how is the uh, the smokingpipes.eu website going? It's going well. It, it, it's, it's uh, you know, just a whole different ball game, I think. It's, a, you know, it's pipes only and not pipe tobacco, so yeah. that makes it different. Um, it's sort of like what smokingpipes.com must have been like, you know, even before I started there, there's just fewer people doing it. So like the few people that are like running that are wearing a lot of different hats and it, there's just like a lot of excitement and energy and they're working really hard. Um, you know, we have, a there's like eight people in this building now and we've got Peterson and Cornell and Deal. I mean, the headcount's pretty high, but when, we, <laughs> when, I, when I started, there was like 22 of us. Yeah. And over in Smoking Pipes Europe, there's like five or six. Yes. <laughs> so it's just a totally, totally different thing. Um, but, you know, between Josh and Adam and, and Hannah, uh, you know, they're, they're doing really good work. Um, I'm really proud of that effort uh, so that, when we spun all that up it was not with peterson in in mind um so it's it's been extra challenging to try to do both when we were initially setting out to ju just just do the one so, so that that kind of goes back to the days where the uh at, at smoking pipes where sometimes the person that you know, was taking the photographs might also be the one that was answering the phone. If <laughs> yeah, totally, yeah. totally. Or like, you know, customer service and shipping. So when, you know, I, I'm a customer service person and I pick up the phone, I'm like, thanks for calling smoking pipes, you know, dot EU. And they're like, where's my package? You know, can, can you track it for me? And I'll be like, let me put you on hold to get the shipping manager. And then I, I 
kick it back up and and like with another voice sort of impersonate <laughs> the shipping manager like shipping manager is waiting so <laughs> yes it's a, it's a yeah those were the days yep. <laughs> uh, so now besides uh all right besides work you've got two kids um what are you doing in your fun off time besides raising two kids and a family yeah I, I, there's <laughs> such thing as fun off time no um yeah you hang out with family really um I, you know uh, go out go visit something go see something um you know shelly's into mixed media art and i've been uh taking a lot of photos lately so uh trying to just like go out as a, as a family and bring our cameras take some pictures do something new uh our, our in-laws moved to north carolina a couple of years ago so we have a little bit of family here which is which is cool so uh, we'll go up to greensboro or um but we're kind of homebodies right now and a lot of our attention goes to the kids so um yeah di- you know. diapers food and uh plastic toys yeah I, our, my my biggest hobby is uh, is dosing my children with antibiotics i've gotten like really good at that i can read <laughs> a uh you know one of those little uh, it's like not like a needle but it looks like a you know yeah, I've, I've gotten really good at giving my kids medicine. Like I can do it like with my eyes closed in the middle of the in the middle of the night with like very little sleep. It's a it's an oral syringe, and you get it behind their teeth, towards the back of their throat, hold their head up, and push. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> All the thrills of a father. Uh, yeah. Ted, we will wrap this up with the fast five final questions. No right answer, no wrong answer. Just whatever comes to your mind. Are you ready? Okay. Yeah. What is your favorite pipe? Peterson System Standard Smooth 317. And what is your favorite tobacco? Oof. Uh, right now, that really is a wolf flowery. Ooh. Uh, what is your favorite drink? Gin. There we go. Good boy. Uh, when it's time to relax, do you prefer a book, a movie, or music? Gin. <laughs> okay, I'll accept that. And then finally, do you have a favorite pipe smoking related memory that we didn't talk about? Hmm. My first show, uh, Richmond, uh, 2010. I've been with the company for about three weeks and it was a lot of time in the car with you, Susan and Jeff Grisick. It was an and, awesome and Adam show. was in the, in the middle. Seat. Oh yeah. And Adam <laughs> Davidson, uh, like with the company for three weeks, like, 10 hours in the car with, with you and Susan and Jeff and Adam. That was uh, <laughs> a great pipe smoking memory. And I got to meet Tokotomi, uh, too. Um, yeah. In fact, if you look at Jeff Grasick's, uh, YouTube channel, the Jay Allen pipes channel, there's a video that he shot from that visit. So mm-hmm. you, you can see some of yeah, the, uh, there was some, um, uh, uh, there were some uh, hooligans going on there and some fun stuff, so good times. Yep. Ted, thank you very much for spending International Pipe Smoking Day kind of with us and uh, doing our uh, our special episode for it. I, 
look forward to seeing you soon. Yeah, thanks, Brian. Thanks for inviting me onto your show. Um, it's uh, like I said, I'm, I'm not really a, a spotlight guy, and I can't imagine anybody really enjoying and having to hear anything that I have to say. But I, I um, you know, hope someone did, and I appreciate the the chance to to be on your show. Uh, you're very welcome, and we'll be back in just a minute. A Savinelli pipe is a testament to a long legacy, fortified by well-worn hands and destined to be enjoyed for generations. For over 150 years, Savinelli has been dedicated to sourcing the world's finest briar, committed to pushing the boundaries of pipe design, and devoted to the tradition of Italian pipe making. Savinelli is more than a mark. They're a way to help you make your mark, and like you, there can only be one Savinelli. This is Internet Radio. And we are back. I hope you enjoyed that visit with Ted. Uh, Ted's one of my favorite people when we get to sit down and just talk and smoke and get a chance to visit. All right, for music, a perfect song for International Pipe Smoking Day. (laughs) Sentiment should go to a lot of people. Uh, Newsboys and uh, my friend Jody Davis, pipe maker, guitarist, uh, from their new album called uh, Newsboys United. This one is called Love One Another and features Kevin Max.
the album is Newsboys United. It's available on iTunes and uh, Spotify and all those other places. Or for more information, you can go directly to newsboys.com. N-E-W-S-B-O-Y-S.com. I know they're out on tour right now. Well, let's see what's in the mail. And remember, if you have a comment or question, you can email me directly, Brian, B-R-I-A-N, at pipesmagazine.com. Or uh, travel-related stuff, brian.levine at mei-travel.com. And going back to last week's show with uh, Len Fogel, Dino writes, this was an incredibly fascinating walk down the mean streets of New York City. I was thoroughly entertained by Len's reminiscences, and it brought, uh, brought me back to that same time frame in downtown Chicago, where there were many pipe shops in the relatively small area of the loop. To paraphrase the doobies, Elvis is just all right with me. Thanks for another fine show, Dino. Dino, you're welcome. And Elvis is uh, Elvis. Uh, Casey Ghost writes, uh, the, pipes, uh, the pipe tobacco review was well done on another tobacco I don't care for. I enjoyed Len Fogel's talk about all the tobacco stores in New York. I got to New York in the late 40s and left before 1950 rolled around. Damn, I love the Brooklyn Dodgers. They were only there for another two years after uh, after I even knew that Major League Baseball was a theme. Really enjoyed the Elvis selection, though I suspect the recording you used wasn't the one he used on the record release. He could really sing. Yeah. And uh, I always tell people my favorite uh, New York baseball team is the Brooklyn Dodgers because... I grew up in Los Angeles being a Dodgers fan. Uh, And then uh, Dan Locklear writes in, uh, This week's interview with Len Fogel was terrific. I knew he had spent a great deal of time working in Ed Barak's shop and only wish uh, he'd have noted Ed's current whereabouts, for I think he's still with us. Wouldn't that be an interesting interview? Hint, hint. (laughs) I'll have to see if I can find him. Uh, I always found him to be a very bright individual, at the same time a character. Uh, Len's recollections brought brought back so many memories for me since, uh, with my own grad work in New York City in the early 70s, I paid so many visits to those same shops. As per Peterson, uh, I recall the shop, uh, the Peterson shop was A&C Peterson. They had beautiful tobacco pouches. As a matter of fact, I seem to remember that just within a few blocks around the Madison Avenue 42nd Street area, they had not one but two shops. As Len so wonderfully remembered, New York City was a feast of pipe shops then. I remember one, though, in the Wall Street area where I learned firsthand about poor pipe drilling. It was Scott's Tobacconist. Uh, Being on a poor student budget, I was drawn to some of their very inexpensive freehands that they had in a basket near the front door. Purchasing one, I soon learned a valuable lesson about why cheap pipes just may actively gurgle, smoke beastly hot, and never break in. That one was a disaster. (laughs) Keep up all your tireless work on behalf of the pipe with every good wish, Dan. (laughs) Thank you, Dan. That's... that's, uh, you know, I've, I've always advised pipe smokers that are uh, young and starting out to, uh, you know, don't start out on the cheapest pipe possible. 
Um, on iTunes, remember if you if you're on iTunes or Apple Podcast or whatever they're calling it now, please leave us a rating or a review. We would appreciate that. Uh, this one is been listening since day one from Israel, USA. I've been listening to the podcast since day one. I have learned a ton about pipes, pipe tobacco, pipe personalities, etc. Brian does a wonderful job, and I would love to meet him someday for a smoke at a show or in Disney. We know you love Disney and pipes. Happy puffing. <laughs> yeah, I do. Uh, and then uh, my favorite pipe, uh, my favorite pipe cast by M. Luxton. Terrific, informative, and entertaining. What a great way to spend your commutes or a quiet evening pipe. These shows have encouraged me to attend my first pipe show and check out my localish pipe club. I've learned a lot, and I'm exploring tobacco blends I never would have looked at without the information I received here. Thanks for opening my eyes and palate. You are welcome. I love getting those, so if you haven't had a chance, please go on to iTunes and leave us a rating or review. Five stars would be great if you can. If you can't, well, lie. Um, I wouldn't suggest that anybody ever lie, unless you're leaving a rating or review. Uh and if you have any comments, questions, email me. Um, also, if you have any pipe part suggestions, I've got a couple lined up. If you have any questions for Jeff Grasick in the Ask the Pipe Maker segment, please email me, brian at pipesmagazine.com. If you get a chance, you can uh, go on to the Pipes Magazine radio show page on Facebook and maybe post what you did for International Pipe Smoking Day. Or maybe what you bought yourself for International Pipe Smoking Day. Whichever you want. All right, rant time coming up next. This is Phil Morgan, General Manager of Missouri Meerschaum Corncob Pipes in Washington, Missouri. Our mission since 1869 has been to produce great smoking pipes that anyone can afford. We guarantee our pipes won't be your most expensive, but they just might be the ones you smoke the most. At Missouri Meerschaum Company, we don't just sell our corncob pipes. We grow them, make them, and smoke them. Missouri Meerschaum, Washington, Missouri, since 1869. rant is uh, more of a thought and maybe advice and uh, maybe more advice and maybe more of a thought for the younger listeners in the audience and it's called um, do your homework and don't get discouraged all right as we heard Dan Locklear talk about when he bought that uh, pipe that gurgled that was a mistake when you're early into any kind of a hobby or any kind of a uh, anything that you're doing for the first time uh, you're going to make mistakes, all right? You're going to buy tobaccos that don't work for you. You're going to buy pipes that don't work for you. Those of us that have been at this for a while, well, we know we've bought pipes and we've bought tobaccos that, you know what? Well, that would have been money spent better on something else. But the way we learn what we like is by making these uh, uninformed choices. And by that, by doing that, we gain information. 
So my thought is, and my my uh, advice for anybody is, don't get discouraged. Don't get down on yourself. Don't get don't uh, turn away from it. Uh, in other things that I collect, and other things that I enjoy, like in my Disney stuff, I've made some bad purchases, and that's just part of it. And you just have to learn how to get over those. And as time goes on, you get more and more information, and you get more uh, you get more better at uh, at coming up with what is something that you will like. It's the same thing when it comes to buying clothes. If you're trying out a brand new manufacturer, you know what? You're going to buy some that don't work for you. You're going to buy some that do work for you. And as you get older and you get more experience, you get more information and you get better at making choices up front. But just don't get discouraged. Don't get down on it. It's nothing that's wrong with what you bought. It's just it didn't work out for you. All right. So don't get discouraged. Keep trying and keep trying new stuff. And uh, that's just kind of a reminder to me to every once in a while, try a new tobacco and maybe I'll find a new favorite or a new pipe and I'll find a new favorite. So there you go. Um, again, I hope everybody is enjoying International Pipe Smoking Day. I hope everybody can uh, try to get to some sort of a pipe club or a pipe show this year. Again, I want to emphasize how much fun it is and how great it is to see and talk to other pipe smokers and try out other tobaccos and see their pipes and talk to them about their pipes. And again, you're gaining more information. So pipe shows, pipe clubs. Uh Try to gather with some other pipe smokers somewhere. I want to thank uh, Ted for joining me. Thank you all for tuning in. And until next time. Who cares about the clouds when we're together? Just sing a song and think about sunny weather. Now it's time for a slice of the traditional IPSD Perique Plum Pie. Yum.